0: Ingram Smith, Bud Elliott, back again for another episode of the NOLCast. Uh, but as always, we'll thank our friends, Louisiana Hot Sauce and Tarpon Sellers as the title sponsors of the NOLCast. Tarpensellers.com is the website. 20% off any wine purchase there using the coupon code NOLCAST. And a uh, big thank you to Jeremy and his team for the uh, continued leadership and sponsorship that they've given us. And uh, we're ever so fortunate to be able to, pair with people whose wine we really love and guys who've been supporters of the NOLCAST really since its inception. So big thanks to them, Bud. we've got a couple different things to tick off some conversation about quarterbacks, some conversations about offensive linemen, uh, camp season is approaching. Let's uh, jump into it and see what we have here in the uh, middle of the summer as far as a NOLCAST.
1: Let's do it, buddy. Yeah, man. Happy to, be, happy to be back on here. Uh, we, uh, Took last week off because there really was not a whole lot going on uh, ultimately that I thought deserved its own episode. Uh, but this week we are back. Uh, I am also back on the road uh, as of Friday, so that'll be pretty cool. Going to get Tallahassee to check out the Elite Camp on Saturday, and of course the uh the Mega Camp on Sunday, and then back on the road. I'm going to go down go down to, uh, to FIU and check out the Mike McIntyre. Uh, camp which is a satellite camp they'll be pairing with fsu staffs and a number of other staffs down there to maybe see some of those south florida kids who aren't necessarily able to get up to the mega camp and and if if you guys didn't really pay attention to last year what this mega camp concept was uh, i don't really blame you right it was new and, and we didn't have camps two years ago anyway so last year was the the first year of that camp um so how how fsu is structuring this right they have. Later in the month, they have their big man camp and their quarterback camp and, and some seven-on-seven seven camp and some instructional stuff. But the the two that I'm really interested in going into right now uh, are the elite camp, where I'm going to use that to somewhat judge who they're able to get on campus as far as top kids uh, and see what their list looks like compared to other people's lists. Now, we know that momentum-wise, I don't think that they have great recruiting momentum right now, uh, largely because... I think they kind of got screwed by, by circumstance uh, and they also have not won enough games you know partially due to circumstance partially due to some of their own mistakes uh, in the first couple of years here so they're not really the hot name and the hot brand at this time uh, but i do want to see how good the list is of players that they're able to get up for that elite camp uh, or for the rest of the camps throughout the month of june uh, and then on mega camp day it's actually a really interesting day for me uh, because they do have, I mean, last year they probably had, I don't know, six, 700 kids through there, just just eyeballing it among all the sessions. I mean, you had just an absolute ton of kids going nonstop. It's, uh, it is a bit of a cattle call to, to use that term, uh, but it's not without its, its merits. Uh, if you're FSU, you get a chance to see uh, and chat up a lot of the high school coaches in the state, coaches that you're still trying to form some in-person relationships with. You get to see some kids, especially the younger kids, get them into your database, get them measured, work them out in in the fashion that you want to, uh, and also see how other coaching staffs work these kids out. Um, We actually have seen some players that ended up being pretty good players come through this thing after just one year. Uh, The notable one, I would say, is Kobe Prentice, right? receiver out of Alabama last year. Now, he had, I believe, grades issues. Uh, but was not really well-known before that event, ran a blazing time. I think that caused folks to go back and watch more of his high school film and dig a little deeper to see just uh, how close he would be to qualifying. Ends up qualifying, ends up going signing with Alabama. Uh, So pretty good player there, obviously. FSU did have some interest in him. Uh, Maybe not a success story from the FSU side in terms of signing that player, uh, but I remember last year, people were like, "Oh, you can't let this staff on campus." You can't like, remember all that controversy. You can't let that staff on campus. What are you doing? Oof. Ultimately, I, I don't think that's a big deal at all. It's a good thing. It, it brings more more kids to your campus to be able to see. I don't really see. I mean, if I was a high school, if I was a coach on the staff, maybe I wouldn't be super jazzed about it because it's like another weekend day that that I have to commit to it. But then again, if I want to keep my job long term, uh, it's probably worth going out there seeing who's there maybe making some better connections with them and uh, maybe signing them
0: got to work these camps certainly i will uh i will pat myself on the back uh and say that a couple years ago i came up with a brilliant idea during this time of year where buds just traveling to a new camp every week that we would put uh in you know underneath the audio we would do three six mafias where is the bud as you traveled around uh the southeast various camps but Unfortunately, we got a uh, strike a couple years ago having nothing to do with us and playing music is a little bit of a risky proposition for us. So we steer away from it. But yeah, it would have been brilliant just to have a little three six mafia and you keeping us up to date as you travel around during these summer months. Um, So let's see, you got the FIU camp. You just talked a little bit about why you do these in general. Is there anything else on the camp landscape that you would point out to people in the next month or so?
1: Yeah, so the 7-on-7 seven seven will probably be worth watching. Uh, that was the – well, I think that was the first time FSU staff had seen Vandrevious Jacobs uh, in person, a you know, receiver recruit who's now committed to them. Alex Atkins I think will have good success with the big man camp as well. Maybe not for top targets in 23 because they're already on uh, most of their top targets in the 2023 class. But I think Atkins is pretty quickly gaining a reputation as somebody who is uh, you know, enjoyable to be coached by and come you know have that high energy vibe and uh while not being overbearing i i I would point to those two for the most part i am interested to see how this FIU camp goes right i'm working to get a pre-list for this there's some chance that i I hit eject uh making the drive from tallahassee down to fiu or maybe i'll probably like i don't want to book a flight for that but you know uh right now i'm scheduled to just to drive it down uh but Ultimately, I I would point to those camps right now. You obviously have Elite Eleven, Future Fifty. Uh, those are in July, uh, as well as whatever the opening uh, finals is going to do. And then I think I have, uh, I think I have the, something called the Show in Atlanta, uh, which is also in July. That I'll probably try to get up to. That is mostly I think younger, not like middle schoolers, but uh, freshman, sophomores type camp. So I, I don't really just got middle schoolers. Very often, thankfully, um, but no man. It'll be interesting to see who, like who they get on campus with this. They've done a pretty good job of um, like getting kids on campus individually, anyway. So I'm not going to flip out if the you know camp attendance for a team that has been pretty lackluster in its first two years uh, and didn't really get a chance to get on the road due to restrictions uh, doesn't have an amazing camp list. But I I, I will be looking at it. I feel like every data point that you can use to sort of craft your opinion of where the team program is going uh, is, is worth it. And yet we know that within reason, if you don't win games, it doesn't really matter who came to your camp. Uh, But if you do win games and you didn't get kids to your camp, that may not be enough to, you know, kind of take up that slack, if you will. So you do want to make sure they get on campus. Yes. I know it doesn't matter if you get them on campus, if they, they don't win games, I get it, but,
0: if you do win games and you didn't get them on campus, that's kind of a problem. So let's jump into the quarterback conversation, but I'm really interested in, uh, in doing this because I always enjoy when you and I can kind of go back and forth, compare notes, compare sources, wrap our arms around exactly what an issue is. And I'm not sure we've been able to fully do it with what Florida state um, is doing when it comes to recruiting quarterbacks right now. now Parson is a kid out of Nashville. That's long time commitment. People, if you're listening to a podcast like this, you're probably pretty familiar with him. Um, two names that have recently kind of come on the radars, a kid by the name of Brock Glenn from a small private school in Memphis. And then you got Ricky Collins, who's a kid out of Baton Rouge uh, who personally I'm, I'm excited by what I see on tape, uh, currently a Purdue commitment. If I have that correct, um, although it looks like some larger offers are coming around, and Collins will uh, evaluate. So there's a couple of different things in play, Bud. You think that Florida State um, is extending new offers because they've always kind of rated Parsons a little bit higher than some of their peer schools. Uh, I don't necessarily think that they've like reevaluated Parsons and have a negative on him, but I'm not sure that maybe they quite think he's projecting in a manner that they thought six months ago or something like that. That's just me coming to a conclusion. I don't know that. Uh, there's perhaps a situation where they think Parsons is about to receive not Mississippi State type offers uh, just from SEC schools, but you know, larger, uh, perhaps more formidable teams getting involved in his recruitment. Uh, I just wonder what has kind of started this uh, surge of of offers? Or the third thing is not to be long winded here, but if you're going to have a kid decommit because of concern of competition, and you already have a rather significant example of Parson not loving other quarterbacks being recruited, you'd certainly rather that decommit come in, you know, May or or June, July than November. Uh, And are you trying to be aggressive up front with an individual that you're trying to sign two quarterbacks? And it's better for him to come to terms with that in the middle of the summer than it is uh, 30 days from signing day. So I think all of those things that you mentioned
1: are like logical and within the realm of possibility. Flat out, I really don't know. Um, now, I feel like we do, do a pretty good job of shooting down stuff on this show if it just doesn't make any sense normally. Like we don't kind of cut through the BS. It's one of the things I enjoy about talking to you. I do think this staff was higher on Parson than most of the kids that I talked to, or than most of the other staffs I talked to, right? Like, they've always just really had a high opinion of him. And maybe that's changing some in terms of maybe other staffs are meeting uh, FSU's evaluation level, right? Obviously, Mississippi State just offered Chris Parson, as we saw. And Mississippi State's a weird one to me because Mike Leach does not have much of a history of signing high school quarterbacks and developing them and then, you know, having it turn out well. He's done a great job with transfers throughout the years. Uh, but he is also somebody who's a big advocate of the idea um, that you really can't teach accuracy. You either have it or you don't. That's something that, that's stuck with me for a long time. I I think that is more true than not true. Could there be some huge offers coming for Chris Parson? I mean, is there a possibility that, like, what if Georgia misses on Arch Manning, right? Are, are they going to go offer Chris Parson? I, I don't know. I don't think Tennessee is going to take two kids, given that they already have Nico in the boat. You know, we'll see what happens uh, with, with Arkansas, obviously. Um, but, I mean, I really don't – I don't get the sense that this staff – thinks that a decommitment is like going to happen next week or anything like that. And needs to be ahead of the game with offers, but certainly it's, it's, it's possible. And I agree with you. If playing time and competition is a concern, which I don't want that to sound like a bad thing, because if you're a quarterback, you need to be thinking about playing time and your path. Now the transfer portal makes this a little bit, a little bit easier to get out of now because you can say, Oh, okay, well, uh, didn't work out here. I can use my transfer easier than it used to be, but you need to, you need to find your, your, your path to playing time for sure. Like that's the most important part uh, picking a school is going somewhere. You can actually play and showcase your ability. Um, I do think the staff probably wants to take two though. And there's a broader conversation. And and I I was talking to Brendan Sinone on the 24 24, seven sports message board about this. And, you know, it, we both have the same intel i think it probably different people uh that like they think jordan travis this is going to be his last year here now i'm like and jordan travis is not an nfl player at least not a quarterback I, I, you can think he's going to have a big college like senior season that you know college season fine I, i'm not buying this you know jordan travis nfl qb thing so obviously like maybe the kid is done taking hits I don't blame him for that. Maybe he would want to go play another position. Although most of the time, like you would try to do that in college, maybe for one year to show it. Uh, I also wondered, like, could that be a decent NIL uh, test case, right? Are you going to make more money in NIL for a super senior year than you would rolling the dice trying to you know go make a practice squad? I don't know Jordan's finances, but. I Follow a lot of these guys on Instagram, man. Who uh, who end up kind of going broke? Like they take they take these loans from agents, and even though the agent probably knows, there's not much chance the guy's actually going to make the NFL. They pay for the private trainers, they they do all all this stuff. They, you know, they, they they rack up a lot of debt. They maybe make a practice squad, maybe not. If you make a practice squad, it's actually pretty good money. I mean, you're you're, you're making what was it 300k? I think we saw uh, prorated. But it's, it turns out to be like 100, I think 140 for like
0: 18 weeks of work. Yeah, that was more the number that I had near in, yeah. in my head. But I see what you're saying about the. So if you can go on.
1: get a job paying like you know maybe 18 an hour uh, in the other months of the year, uh, that's a pretty good chunk of change, especially for like a 22 year old guy. But you actually have to make the practice squad, and that's not a guarantee. You know, if you could get an NIL deal for, I don't know. I mean, maybe some companies really, really like Jordan Travis. Maybe 100K. While while you sit and work on your masters in your super senior year, that's maybe not the worst thing in the world.
0: Um, but 165.6 to be exact. That's what you get okay. for uh, trying uh, for uh, practice squad. For
1: well, there's eight. It's an 18 game season now, so probably yeah you know, preseason. So like 20 ish weeks of work. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, thinking about this, if Jordan did come back what does that do to Duffy right like does Duffy want to sit too what does that do to take Rodemaker? I think this all boils down to the idea that taking two quarterbacks in this class if you can makes a whole lot of sense and keep in mind that we're, we're about to have the 25-man limit go away so you may have other needs as well but if you think you can get these these needs and clear out the space on your team um I think it makes sense to take two And then if Parson wants to compete, great. The staff clearly likes this guy quite a bit, Mm -hmm. you know, if not, okay. Get get that information now, not, not later in the game.
0: Yep. Well, it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. I think you're going to hear about uh, more quarterbacks that Florida state gets involved with. Um, but the, uh, the Collins kid will be particularly interesting to see how they pursue this. I think he, if Parsons is not part of the plans, he comes your quarterback number one pretty quickly. And uh, you're never going to out recruit LSU in Louisiana, but uh, it's not a bad idea to have that be a place that you can, you know, uh, continuously go and have some level of success and grabbing a kid out of Baton Rouge is, uh, it certainly has some benefits in it, uh, you know, more than just the prospect itself. So Uh, Curious to see how that plays out. We'll obviously focus and continue to talk a lot about quarterback recruiting as it's one of the more vital aspects of a college football program's uh, success. But interesting time here in the summer. We have a little bit of clarity uh, as to what's going on with some offers, and we can kind of make some educated guesses as to the reasoning behind them. No doubt about it, man. Yeah, I mean, I'm,
1: I'm, I'm excited to see who else they offer in this thing. And uh, I'm also excited about anything you got going on.
0: Uh, but very kind. So, uh, we'll be real quick about this, but uh, I have started a, uh, a solo podcast. It's really just me talking with people that I find interesting inspiring. It's not NoCast 2.0. If you're looking for that, you're going to be disappointed. Uh, but uh, have a first podcast up that I posted on Sunday, actually talking to an old uh, Florida state guy who was involved in the program from 2001 to 2005 or so. We're not talking about Florida state football. Uh, but the guy ended up turning into a, uh, he's been a long time friend of mine and he ended up turning into a, uh, Ironman athlete and has done some really impressive things with his brother who, uh, suffers from cerebral palsy. So Brent Pease is the individual that I was fortunate enough to talk with. Uh, the podcast will be found in the, uh, episode notes, of this show Uh, loosely going to call it backyard in Brookhaven may change that name at some point in time. Uh, But it's on a local news uh, paper podcast, which is one of the properties that the company that I work with uh, owns and and digitally uh, manages. So again, we'll put the show notes in the, or we'll put the link in the show notes. And if uh, you are a Apple user, I would particularly appreciate a review as it's silly, how important those things are for any show. But particularly a new show. So um, thank you so much for that. If you get the chance to like, review, subscribe, know that it's greatly appreciated.
1: Let's uh let's let's talk a little bit about offensive linemen, by the way. But first, I want to talk about foundations and having a great foundation is really key for a college ball team with offensive linemen. It's also really key to getting a home. And the foundation of our show is a legendary team. With chad and shannon 844 fsu loan 844 fsu loan they find us the absolute best rates customer service is off the charts we've sent them what 300 loans now well, I, th- I think we're almost are at we close to four I, th- I think we may be we're close to four um i i don't have i don't have my actual sheet up i just i have these talking points memorized so a rough look, estimate
0: it, is 406 loans
1: but so 406 okay so I, I think we can yeah 400 is is excellent look my utmost confidence in these guys I've used them twice for family to them 400 of y'all, who I certainly consider my family as well. Uh, it's, it's the number to call 844 FSU loan, get your home loan or your refi.
0: It's a different market out there y'all. And trust me when we say that there is no better person to work with than Shannon and, uh, Shannon's brilliant. I'm blown away by the consistent level of feedback that I get on him and Chad. And, uh, in today's market, where it's a little bit challenging, a little bit different, there's no better team than the one that we're fortunate enough to have worked with for, I don't know, five years now or however long it's been. Uh, so big thanks to them. And uh, let's circle back to these offensive line, bud. Uh, so we've got some notes on kids getting on campus. We've got some notes on recruits. We've got some notes on kids that could potentially be uh, transfer portal targets. So uh, some interesting offensive line conversation.
1: Yeah, uh, I, I mean, I, I think everything that that I'm still expecting as far as Antavius Woody to be able to enroll and get on campus. Uh, we did have a Patreon question regarding uh, the whole academic redshirt status thing. If you, do you remember the academic redshirt rule? Not off the top of my head, no, I don't. So academic redshirting is a thing that uh, uh, got put in, and I think... I'm, I want to make sure I'm, I'm doing this correct. Right, I can make a red shirt. Here we go. Uh, basically, you need to you can practice, but you can't actually play in games. Uh, it's essentially like did you not uh, like not you got enough to kind of get in, but the, the NCAA made some uh, um, some changes to the um core course gpa requirement stuff so if if you had like under a 2.3 core gpa uh this is and based on your 16 core courses anyway this is a lot of like like nc like compliance stuff i do think there are guys in fsu's roster by the way who didn't play and all of a sudden played pretty well and they're in after their redshirt year who and the fsu doesn't announce this but like mm-hmm. who or secretly like oh yeah he didn't play because he was an academic red shirt guy uh I don't know if what he's gonna have to academic redshirt. that's just a question I gotta ask on Patreon I'll try to find out they typically try to keep that stuff pretty DL uh but yeah just to to slip the Patreon question in there I guess we'll see uh if he's able to uh to play assuming he makes it in uh, they did get the Charlotte offensive line transfer though Demetri Emanuel Yeah, excited about this one.
0: Um, I think it's a a nice pickup depending on what your wants and expectations are for the kid. I mean, if you think he's a you know, an immediate starter at tackle, and he might end up being, uh, but I think this is a great pickup kind of for offensive line spots five through eight. You know, it gives you some decent depth, it gives you a nice piece to work with that um, your offensive line coach has some extent of a previous familiarity with. And it's I don't I don't think there's anything bad from this. Obviously, nobody's trying to tell you that this kid is a five star plug and play uh, off its tackle prospect. But for a line that needed the pieces that we talked about, kind of your prevention of some of the guys who you think can contribute, but you don't want contributing this year uh, to give them a little bit more buffer space. I think this is a solid pickup. Wouldn't shock me if the kid didn't start four or five games for you this year.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, I, I think he absolutely um could uh I, I think he could start. I'm not one hundred percent convinced like he's a no doubt starter. I may be wrong on this. I mean it that league is just not a good league when it when it comes to defensive line competition. Like if, if you look at, at the guys drafted or who actually make make the NFL, um it's just not like there's not a lot of guys like you're gonna see in the ACC and we can say, oh, the ACC is not the SEC. Well, that's true. It's not. Uh, but the step up in competition, you know, going from a G5 league at Charlotte to, you know, to the ACC uh, is, is pretty significant. So we'll have to see. I, I will say, I agree with you hundred percent though, that having the offensive line coach here who also had familiarity with him at Charlotte, I think is important because it, it to me, it decreases the chance that the guy just can't play. Right, like I don't think he may not end up being a superstar. He may start. Hell, he might not start. Who knows? I do think there's a pretty good chance, though, that he uh, um, that he doesn't bust, assuming assuming he stays healthy. You know, I I just I really can't see Atkins signing off on somebody who he's worked with who ends up just being able to not be able to play at all. Mm -hmm. So I do like that, Um, and I don't think they're done, man, with offensive
0: line. they're 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 still involved with with other kids so one of the kids they're involved with is a uh, metro atlanta prospect here um currently at south carolina on their roster by the name of jazton turrentine uh interesting player here started uh, a decent amount of games for usc last year if i remember correctly seven um so nice pickup again um I don't know that he would be an immediate starter, but if you picked up Tarantine and Emmanuel, you know, you certainly have given yourself a whole lot of buffer and a whole lot of protection about worst case scenario, about putting out guys on the film who are going to, you know, get you PFF grades that are basically zero or something like that. Um, so it'll be curious as to what this looks like and how much traction there is. If you're interested, the guy's six seven three forty, 340, or at least that's what he's listed at USC by a uh, big, large individual, which is in general what you want out of your tackles, but uh, a guy who started games in the SEC, a guy that would give you, uh, you know, again, kind of a similar prospect. Um, we'll see what happens. I mean, would you, and then there's a there's more that we're going to talk about, and we can talk about how many would you take or what the, the you know, list of preference would be on these guys. But what's your opinion of Mr. Turrentine, bud?
1: Yeah, I'm not, uh, I don't know what to think here, man. Um, His numbers last year were bad. I mean, he he had a blown block rate of 3%. Yeah. Which is the second worst on South Carolina's team. Um, So
0: he started against Eastern Illinois and East Carolina and lost his job because of his performance against those two teams as a a kind of a reflection. uh, Or at least you could interpret that he lost his job uh, based off performance of that. So... When we say yeah. that he started four games, you you know you just need to have a little bit of an idea as to what the uh, what the footnote is on those uh, four games that he started. I mean, he played
1: 369 snaps, uh, so uh, he did play in some other games. I know they had some some injuries last year. He was not going to be a starter at South Carolina this year. I'm relatively mm-hmm. certain of that. Uh, I you know, having done the uh, the summer school series uh, with, with with Hale uh, of our South Carolina site, the Big Spur. Uh like that was a bad offensive line last year. It was, I think, worse than FSUs in many many respects. And he didn't start on that line. The my other thing here is that if you're listed 340, I always just kind of want to see the dude in person because like I know of some schools that are listed guys
0: at like 360 who were actually like over four bills. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, see 340 before. is an interesting weight. Like, are you actually 309 or are you actually 367? Uh, and, you know, both, uh, you know, you, you, can, you can skew on either side of it. And as you said, uh, not uncommon when you start to get north of like 330 or something like that, that guys are actually closer to 370 plus or something like that. So, or if they're not there, they can get there uh, very easily and very quickly. 100%. Um, so okay, uh,
1: and the final guy is actually a interesting JUCO prospect, uh, Makai Lee.
0: So I don't know a ton about this kid, but I'll, I'll lean on you here as to your, uh, you know, opinion or uh, what you know about him. I'm just curious: is would you obviously Emmanuel's a take? You've already taken him, but uh, would you entertain taking all three at this point? I mean, it, obviously you would resolve a whole lot of issues at off its line and that place would be a, a place that you would enter into a season with some degree of uh you know comfort and and uh, security that you're not just going to bottom out for the first time in five or six years uh but that's certainly a whole lot of numbers to throw it at one individual position
1: it is i i think it depends on what else you're still looking to do in the portal um I mean, like, I don't think they're going to take any more receivers in the portal. I guess they could if somebody popped up super late on a waiver, like, like a grad transfer thing. Certainly, we know that they wanted some DBs. I do think they wanted the uh, Louisiana Monroe DB who went to TCU. I think a lot of these other DB offers that were allegedly out there were probably not, like, committable offers, to be frank. I don't I – don't, some people hit us up with that in, in the, uh, the Patreon messages. Hey, like, what about all these DBs they're missing on? I I don't – I'm not really buying to some of those offers where like offer offers. I think the Louisiana Monroe kid who went to TCU um, was a I think was a real one, um, but you know I'm I'm interested to see what happens with with Lee here. Uh, he's you know his guy. Recent offers are Missouri and South Carolina. FSU has not offered him, uh, but they could. He is scheduled to visit in June. I think they probably want to see him in person. And figure out, you know, what uh, what the deal is. Like, how, how does he actually check out? Right. Um, the other thing is, like, they're in this weird spot, man, where they have to balance this year with like the following years as well. So, Makai Lee has four years to play three. So he's not like a one-year, you know, or two-year type dude. I mean, he's got four to play three. you do kind of need to start thinking about what happens if things go well?
0: Well, How many spots all we else, have? I mean, this is the one place where as long as you've got this position, coach, I feel fully confident that you can recruit the high school ranks uh, with some degree of certainty. I mean, th- this is, you look at some of the best prospects you're involved in, in the class of 2020, uh, 2023 is, Offensive linemen, or at least the ones that I'm the most excited about. I, I think as long as Atkins is here and Atkins is your OC, I don't know that you want to fill up the pipeline with a whole lot of uh, kids that you don't think you could easily replicate from the high school level. Right, exactly. I mean, like what what do you what what happens if you get him on and,
1: and he and he can't play? Like clearly the staff needs to be thinking about this year, but they also need to kind of think long term because if you if you go all in to to get this year cemented and you don't end up having the spots for future years and you end up having a good year like a better year than I think they're gonna have um but what happens you see what I'm saying so yeah. like like four to play three for a Juco does impact it I think tarantine has what one year to play yeah I think Turrentine's got one mm-hmm. so uh assuming Turrentine is eligible all this other stuff blah 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 uh, I mean I'd have to think that's that's pretty solid uh, four to three, I don't know, man.
0: It's, you gotta be real confident about what you're taking and that ultimately it's a, you know, piece of clay that you want your program for two or three years. And you think you can mold into, you know, a piece that is, uh, more likely than not something that you wouldn't be able to find and, and develop from the high school ranks. And, uh, you know, we'll see if that's the case. So, um, want to thank our friends at Congruity. Matt Lewis has been a fantastic addition to the Noel cast, and uh, really excited, Bud, to say that I took a job with an uh, advertising agency about two and a half months ago, uh, lead their podcast division, which is a lot of fun for me, and we have quickly moved over to Congruity ourselves. Uh, so uh, when when, like Bud talks about um, the great people, Chad and Shannon, he's happy to use them and enthusiastically endorses them. I can only tell you the same thing about Matt Lewis. It's just the first crack in the door that I heard that we may be reevaluating who we were using payroll and some other services for. Uh, I was excited to throw Matt Lewis's name in the ring and uh, really excited to continue to work with him in a, a secondary venture in addition to the Nolecast. And I, uh, obviously, congruity. Pays us money and we're fortunate to be able to have partners like them, but I, you know, authentically and a hundred percent would recommend Matt Lewis to anybody. And if you want me to help you with the introduction, I'm more than happy to. If you want to reach out to him independently, uh, whether it be congruityhr.com or Knowles at congruityhr via email, you're more than welcome to, uh, but a big thanks to them and, and the team and the support that they've given us for three years now. No doubt about it, man. Um,
1: Let's go ahead here and finish. Julian Armella, uh, you excited about these (laughs) comments he made? Uh, Can can, can you read some of these comments off?
0: I don't uh, like you know get real excited by what kids say in general. I did have a chuckle that he's going to be a you know Mickey Ficky dog and some of this other stuff, which is good for you. That's the attitude that you'd want a kid to have. It's great to have a. Uh, a legacy in the program, and it's great to sign. You know, I don't. I, I'm not going to call him a five-star offense tackles. I don't think that's accurate, but it's great to sign. You know, one of the 12 or 15 best tackles in the country. Not something Florida State's done a whole lot of recently. Um, so excited that the kid is excited to be in Tallahassee and excited to get started. Um, best of luck to him. I always get a kick out of Instagram notes and everything else, whether it be decommitments, commitments, or anything else. Uh, that a kid is sharing, but uh, love the enthusiasm, Mr. Armella, and look forward to see what you develop uh, in your time here.
1: I would agree with that. Uh, I also um can't completely rule out that he'll play year one, but I uh, I don't know, man. Like seeing him in person did not make me think this guy is like an early impact player, but he also has shown the ability to reshape his body and dedicate. So I like I don't know exactly what he's doing. Right now to get ready to play. So I can't completely rule out the idea that maybe he's getting more ready and getting better and able to come in and make some kind of impact. Certainly possible. Um couple of new offers in twenty three and twenty four to discuss, and then we'll probably wrap this, I guess. I I am generally excited about where the offensive line is going like
0: long term. Oh, I, I, I just yeah, I mean the last 18 months is the best that I've felt about the offensive line since probably 2016. So uh, good to good to know that you're ultimately digging yourself out of this hole. You didn't have like the great backpack rocket propel in uh, in the in the Mims kid. You move on. You control what you control, and Florida State's continued to do that at the offensive line position. So real quick, uh, there's a 2023 JUCO wide receiver by the name of Colby Young that it looks like Florida State's getting involved in.
1: Yeah, so they they, they offered him uh, last week. Uh, that's that's kind of an interesting one um, to take a JUCO receiver there, but obviously high school receiver recruiting has not necessarily uh, been the best thing in <laughs> recent years. It's most certainly not been the best thing. Uh, no. Yeah, being charitable there, uh, and they also have uh, offered a, a, a corner uh, near me, Braden Young, or excuse me, Braden Young. Gosh, Braden Marshall, uh, who goes to Lake Mer- Lake Mary, which is actually. Uh, pretty much by my house and uh, my son actually plays T-ball uh, at Lake Mary high school. So seen him before, nice player there. And uh, the staff's always, you know, evaluating and, and trying to throw out more offers to kids. They think can make a difference in the
0: program. Uh, they so also currently had, holds UNC, Nebraska, maybe a Clemson offer as well, just to give you an yeah. idea of the listeners to the caliber of existing offers held by the kid
1: quality player and uh, potentially an, an attainable player. So that's a good combination. Uh, All right, two guys, I wanted to, po- or sorry, go ahead.
0: Well, I was just going to say, when we start to get into 2024, I'm going to have to hand the baton here to you pretty quickly. Cam Davis is a kid out of Albany, Georgia, that's been committed for a while that either listener, might be a little bit more familiar with. Looks like Florida State's done a good, good job of continuing to recruit this kid. He's going to be a, a pretty valued asset in the, uh, in the 2024 class, relatively local prospect, uh, getting them back on campus they've done a good job here
1: they have uh i will also note that Cam davis is uh a legitimate baseball product mm-hmm. like like so, a lot of these kids like to say hey i'm a baseball player I play baseball and I love it when they play baseball because i think that's actually you know a lot better um but cam davis is actually like somebody who is already on the radar of of scout well I can't say he's on the radar of scouts. I haven't talked to any baseball scouts. I have a buddy of mine who's an actual Major League Baseball agent, and they start digging into these kids when they're freshmen. And Ken Davis is legitimately like somebody that they know about. Mm-hmm. So, uh, it could be eventually that your biggest competition is actually pro baseball. Hmm. Um, but agreed, he's a local kid. You know, plays for Tide Action, uh, the you know seven on team there uh, in uh, in you know, Tallahassee slash South Georgia. Bainbridge kid and uh, get him on campus again is is a good thing. He's a really, really good player. Just like he's very jacked and much more quick twitch than you would think somebody with that build uh, would be. So final uh, final one I want to throw out here, man, is uh, uh, Daytona Beach, Mainland, defensive lineman, JL McCray, uh, now listing off from FSU. And then two, like just a, an incredible week for names, by the way. And uh, we don't say this in like a, you know, poking fun at it. Just like, I like unique names. I mean, I always like getting like the Miami Nike roster and going over like, whoa, never heard of that before. Uh, so these are, I I think they're twins or at least brothers, uh, same high school at Mi- Miami international Academy.
0: You want to, you want to take a crack at pronouncing these? Oh, thanks bud. Thanks man. <laughs> um, <laughs> to, to chew Hill is that did i butcher that all right spelling is going to be ty
1: chuule hill i'm not really sure if the y is silent okay uh lumen and then ty clean i'll, I'll take the second one uh, ty clean lumen so uh, more offers going out there uh, man i'm getting old this is uh this is interesting to follow for sure i'm excited to get up there and see what happens with camp uh, also, we'll probably be hopping on, or at least producing uh, with an episode of On the Bench, as my hotel is right next to the field uh, where they have the camp set. So, it just makes sense for Sinone and me nee and and uh, and Zach and and everybody else involved at Knowles Twenty Four Seven to hop on over to the hotel. So, uh, may uh, may see me for a quick appearance on the bench, maybe towards the end of the weekend. Uh, and you and I will probably catch up.
0: What Monday night or Tuesday morning, I would think. Yeah, probably somewhere in that area. So it's always maybe some more commits coming. Uh, maybe cool. a commit or two. Absolutely, summer podcasts. Uh, when you do a team-specific college football podcast, are always uh, fun. We've uh, we can promise people seventy episodes a year. We hit that easily. That's not a concern. We operate when we believe there's a podcast that we think is worth bringing to you. We do, and we try not to let more than ten days or so go buy uh without doing that so uh, as always it's a little bit different of a venture here in april may june uh but thoroughly appreciate the listen as always if you give the chance to give us a rating review anything else know that it is uh, greatly appreciated by myself and bud and as i mentioned earlier in the pod it is silly important for how particular algorithms view these things etc so uh big thank you to you the listener five stars better than Others, but uh, a rating is actually pretty valuable, regardless of what's said. But that's just a little secret. Uh, nonetheless, big thanks for listening again. We'll be back with you in a week or so. Till then, I'm Ingram. He's Bud. This has been the Nolecast. Talk to you soon.